Good morning. This is Marcus Robinson for you, Chicago Bears, and you're listening to Too Much Scrolling. I'll see you in the future. September 27th, 2022. I'm Steve Voter. I'm Christopher Hessenflirt. Steve? <laughs> We're just a couple of guys sitting around talking about things that are important to us. Hopefully they're important to you. If you need more information, there's so many great ways to find more information. Uh, we suggest Google as your, your source of information, Chip. Google? Um, yes. Try Today, to Google. Today is Google's birthday. Would you like to guess? Do you recall how old Google is turning today? My goodness, that is, I'm going to say 25, 24, 24 years old today. Google founded on this date, September 27th, 1998. It's kind of weird to think that it's only been 24 years, isn't it? That's an alphabet, Steve. (laughs) Alphabet, alphabet founded on this date six months ago. (laughs) <laughs> nobody knows what alphabet is or, or meta so you know what <laughs> think about what search engines have turned into steve does anybody use ask Jeeves? i don't even know that that exists any longer what was the one that you, you would use that would give you points that you could use towards something that was that was another one and then Ooh. there was yahoo who certainly was big they were the big game changer steve yahoo is been sold multiple times um and then you know now we have bing and uh google and DuckDuckGo. and it's so interesting to see how fast this technology switches and changes everything film at 11. Brings us to our film at 11, our movie of the week. Hey, Chip, did you make it to a movie theater this week? Listen, you use the word this week. Let's use that loosely, Steve. <laughs> In the ether that is time, the flat circle that is time, you went to the movie theater and saw a movie called Bullet Train. Yeah, I, I, I delayed reporting on this, Steve, because some of us are hiking up mountains. some of us are not (laughs) did you enjoy this movie this is a really good movie this is a in fact i'll go ahead and say it was 80 out of 100 this is a very very good movie this is a grown-up film this has got all the action that you could you could absolutely want so i i need to to uh, mention the director of this film because it's very much a product of him david leach has made a quentin tarantino movie Ah. um but not not quite as um, a Quentin Tarantino film has some cringe factor. Okay. This is more of a cartoony violence to it. Okay. So if you are a person who gets squeamish at cartoony violence, then you know maybe this is not the film for you. But Brad Pitt is the the greatest actor on it. I mean, just he certainly picks roles that um, are interesting. They've got a great cast that they put around him. And I mean, the premise of this whole thing is he's had sort of a a crisis of what his job is. And his job is uh, certainly a very dangerous type of underworld type of character. But he's gone through therapy, Steve. He's still going through therapy. And throughout the entire film, 
this therapy becomes a constant conversation. As he's having these cartoony uh, Japanese anime type fights with everyone else, he's asking them, you know, if they could just center themselves a little bit. Um, everything would be okay. And a little bit about the karma coming back to him. And, you know, the, the story starts, he has a little mission. It was given to him by uh, Sandra Bullock. And he's got to go on a train and he's got to recover a briefcase. And the ending of the movie is he has a briefcase and he's exited the train. There is a lot of humor. Um, there's great, you know, sort of banter between the characters. There's lots of twists and turns. I, I think that this is probably about a simple uh, of, a, of a script that you can put together, but done so well. And um, I recommend this film for anyone who would, would enjoy a film that would be action, have some, uh, you know, some cartoony violence in it, and uh, enjoys fast, fast talking uh, and conversation. David Leach was the director of Deadpool 2. So I, I feel like he has a genre now. I feel like that is a very similar style. Oh, absolutely. And here's the beauty of it. It doesn't have to be like a, a, a superhero type of movie to have mm -hmm. this kind of fun. And I think that the zeitgeist that we're dealing with is sort of a, a moving away from uh, and, and maybe re-addressing what a film could be, that it's not part of this grand story. Mm -hmm. It can be self-contained. It can sort of be, um, we can have uh, a, maybe a pastiche mm -hmm. of that type of thing. But it doesn't have to be directly re related to it. And it is truly escapism. And I look forward to that brand of storytelling coming back because, yes, you're right. There are so many sequels and so many times that we take the same story and redo it again. Just a one-time story is sometimes very refreshing. Yeah, and you, you come into it and you leave it. And there's the other beautiful part about it is that while they certainly could make a part two, there's no reason to. Right. There's no reason to. Why not just write another story and have us go on another type of journey? Agreed. Agreed. So you recommend this one to all of our adult listeners, not so much for kids, this one? Not for young people. I mean, if you're a teenager and you want to let your teenager go to a rated R film, okay. certainly it's great. But there's no sexual situations. There's no nudity or anything like that. This is seriously... Um, cartoony violence. All right. Sounds like fun. I, I enjoy cartoony violence sometimes, actually, believe it or not. I have been watching TV, Chip. I know you've, you've heard of TV. It's that thing that sometimes is, is on, but it's not golf in your life. I have been watching the reboot of Quantum Leap on NBC. To say that I was excited that Quantum Leap was returning is an understatement. I loved this TV show from 1989 to 1993, and the reboot is so far really hitting that same button of this is good storytelling, the idea of telling a story from the past, the history of that moment through the eyes of somebody in the present works really well. So I, I did not see the original series. Wow. And I didn't see this one either. Wow. So is it, um, is it the same story? 
is it the a... same story this is a sequel not a reboot so we are yes. stepping into the chamber 30 years after the ending of the first series and we have characters taking over this is quantum leap the next generation but there's going to be so many little cameos and so much story the interesting part about the first episode that they aired on nbc is that it is not the pilot episode they are going to air the pilot episode later in the series so we get pushed into this story and we have to find out what's happening very very much like the character that is living the story of quantum leap he gets pushed into a new situation and has to get oriented figure out what's happening figure out what he needs to do we the viewers get that same feeling from episode one of quantum leap you'll wake up one day and you'll find out you've actually this is your story Steve. this is your life that's a different show <laughs> This is very interesting. I, I highly recommend the reboot of Quantum Leap. It is going to be that water cooler conversation that we have on Tuesdays because it is airing every Monday on NBC. It's a real throwback in, in every aspect of it. On Hulu, on the other hand, there's a new series called Reboot. This is a very silly premise about a TV show from the 2000s being rebooted on a streaming service called Hulu. <laughs> it's wow, that, that, that just seems... Meta. Oh, okay. It's super meta because on hulu they're making a show about making a show on hulu and it is very much like what we saw with fuller house and all of the other family sitcoms that have been remade on streaming services in the last five years okay and did they release one one a week the, well yes but they did release the first three in the first week and they're going to release the the subsequent five episodes of reboot in the subsequent weeks the the twist on this is that the person who is creating this reboot of this sitcom is making it into a very uh, adult situation story, taking this very wholesome story and turning it into what if they made the wrong decisions instead of the right decisions in the story. And she uh, is revealed in the first episode to have a grudge against the original creator of the original show because he is her father and, and she feels that he abandoned her and changes the story of this family sitcom to be about a father abandoning their family. Interesting. I mean, what I mean by interesting, it, it seems that, um, that that seems to be one of the themes, so the tropes that seems to be following how we're viewing things, it, 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 sort of in a very cynical way. Mm -hmm. um, and the idea is to destroy um, innocence. Mm -hmm. That is certainly a big piece of the conversation of this story. This was created by Stephen Levitan. You might know him as one of the creators of Modern Family. This definitely has a very modern family kind of vibe to it. 
And ne- never heard of it, Steve. You've never heard of Modern Family. It's a TV no, I take show. That back. It's my, on my children, TV. My children watch that. <laughs> <laughs> this is an all-star cast portraying all of these characters. Keegan Michael Key is the uh, husband of Judy Greer in this, and Johnny Knoxville is the ex-husband in the situation. Paul Reiser comes back as the creator of the original show and his daughter is portrayed by rachel bloom paul riser i'll tell you what i i absolutely buy hook line and sinker paul riser as the creator of a sitcom he has that cadence that sitcom piece where he i i I know him i know who he is as this character wasn't rachel bloom one of the um i guess she got her start maybe on youtube um doing some youtube stuff if i'm not mistaken and then she got her tv start on my crazy ex-girlfriend and that is a very popular sitcom Uh, again looking at some of those issues of early sitcoms and uh breaking some of those old traditions so i i i would be hard pressed to suggest reboot as a as something that uh, families should sit down and watch. But as a cynical 50-year-old, I think Reboot is something that uh, looking at the genre from this lens is really interesting. Judy Greer is fantastic uh, and and very inappropriate, especially in the first episode. Uh, Johnny Knoxville is actually a good actor, believe it or not. Those of you who know Johnny Knoxville from Jackass, Johnny Knoxville actually has acting talent and he he shows that off in reboot well it's like a kick in the groin steve <laughs> it's like a man football in the groin <laughs> reboot is fun i i do suggest it i wonder if we have any movies that are going to be suggestible this week chip steve i think joker 2 is coming out oh boy we have a thriller called smile hitting theaters this week and yes it is very much like the joker applying some sort of uh agent to the neurology of patients and making them laugh uncontrollably well you know you don't have to go what is it six uh degrees of separation from kevin bacon that's right we've got one degree in this one this was Susie bacon the daughter of kevin bacon and kira sedgwick starring in this very frightening movie smile there's a movie called the good house based on the new york times bestseller this is sigourney weaver and kevin klein uh finding love in new england well that's uh gonna be a fun movie steve uh, it's going to be a well-acted movie, I'll tell you that much. Whether or not it's fun, Sigourney Weaver and Kevin Klein, Academy Award winners. You got any comedies for us, Dave? Yes, we have a movie called Bros. This is the first gay rom-com released by a major studio. Universal Studios is hanging their hat on this silly comedy about two men finding each other and, and finding a, a way to be in a committed relationship. So all three of these movies are going to be nationwide. Steve, we've got a few that are uh, more limited. Yeah, there's an IFC sci-fi movie called Vesper that's coming out this week. Uh, the preview doesn't tell me much other than, hey, everybody, look, it's sci-fi from IFC. Very weird pictures and a lot of running and a lot of dirty people. Well, and 
I've always wondered what happened to Wilson after Castaway. He seems to be uh, doing quite well. Yes, there's, a, there's an AI that is a part of Vesper running around behind the main character and, and keeping them safe, just like Wilson did for Tom Hanks. Well, you know, that's where you really stretch yourself as an actor. <laughs> Acting against a tennis ball in a green screen. Good. <laughs> there is a real definite spaghetti Western coming out this week. Dead for a dollar looks like a standard issue Western starring Willem Dafoe. Well, you know, he's crazy. No, I'm sorry. That's what he plays. That's what he plays on all these roles. Actually, he's a good guy here. Christoph Waltz. He's the one who's going to come across as, uh, well, more crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but Willem Dafoe just looks like he's going to start some stuff. <laughs> just got that face. Willem, I'm Willem Dafoe. Put the Power Rangers mask back on. It's less scary. <laughs> There's a movie called Alex slash October, a very limited independent film uh, about a sad man and a bored girl who find an unusual relationship online. Well, he wants to kill himself, so they meet at a record store. What could go wrong, Steve? It's a typical story. Boy meets girl. They meet at a record store. He's an old <laughs> man. She's a young lady. What could they uh, uh, make us feel creepy about that? Right. Yeah, the, that is a, a creepy trailer for sure. There is a new series coming to BBC this week called Inside Man. This is a prisoner on death row in the United States and a woman trapped in a cellar under an English vicarage. They cross paths in the most unexpected way. This show is created by Stephen Moffat and features David Tennant and Stanley Tucci. I will make my way to find Inside Man. I'll tell you that much. Spreading Britishness around the world, Steve. Yep, that's the BBC. Fandor is coming out with a new movie this week. You might remember Fandor from, oh, five or six years ago. They filed for bankruptcy, Chip, and, and got bought by another company. Fandor is trying to become a streaming service for the independent film lover. And their independent film this week is called 10 Tricks. Uh, it's, a, it's a play on words, Chip. There is a brothel and a madam who wants to get pregnant while a magician working across the street is trying to make a drastic move to change his life. It's about magic and uh, pregnancy, Chip. Let's get it. 10 Tricks. This looks interesting. Mm -hmm. How many people are going to sign up for Fandor? I, I have no idea. Uh, very, very few. This one features Leah Thompson. So yes, uh, they are they are trying to find a way to uh, attract a certain demographic, and uh, one of them is me. I will I will watch Leah Thompson in anything. There is an NC-17 film coming to Netflix this week. Their first NC-17 release. This is called Blonde. Well, there you go. It's about uh, Marilyn Monroe. Sort of. It's sort of about Marilyn Monroe. This is based on a novel that imagines what would be happening in Marilyn Monroe's mind based on the history of what happened to her. Well, this looks interesting. I, I, um, I was looking for this a couple of weeks ago. I, I thought it had already been released, but it, it, I look forward to seeing this. 
I, I think this is going to draw a lot of attention. Uh, there's certainly a story behind the story of Marilyn Monroe uh, that has intrigued society since that story existed. And uh, the, the blurred lines between fact and fiction is uh, a lot of the reviews say that that can be very, very disturbing in this story. Speaking of disturbing, Rob Zombie has a new movie, Chip. It's The Monsters. It's, hey, it's a prequel, Chip. How awesome. This looks awful. It does. This, it looks so bad. And this is on the on Netflix, too. Yeah, Netflix acquired it after a, a long, long time of, of them shopping this one around. Uh, Rob Zombie is a certain very specific type of filmmaker. And for him to reboot The Munsters, uh, a very beloved series, I, I don't know how this is going to go exactly. There are a ton of cameos in this one, but the trailer, the trailer looks like this is very independent, very bad movie. We'll see. Hocus Pocus 2, on the other hand, that's a Disney movie. That is coming to Disney Plus this week. And we were talking, as we were kind of setting ourselves up to say, why would this film be made? Um, we It kind of dawned on us. Um, all those 35-year-olds who are moms and dads right now, Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a children's movie when when it was originally released. The yep. original Hocus Pocus back in 1993. Yep, 1993, 29 years ago, this movie is beloved by a certain demographic and those people are all in their 30s and maybe they have kids of their own. And so this is Hocus Pocus, the next generation in a lot of ways. So it's it's good for those people, Steve. Yes, but this is also a revival because Bette Midler, Kathy Najimy, and Sarah Jessica Parker, and Doug Jones are all back in their original roles from 29 years ago. Bette Midler, 76 years old, my friend. That's, uh, that's a certain demographic in and of itself. Maybe the president will watch this. <laughs> it's a peer, Steve. It's a peer. <laughs> Brings us to our book and our book of the week. Uh, we, you know what we don't talk about enough, Chip? Shakespeare. There's not enough highfalutin Shakespeare talk on too much scrolling. Steve, are we talking about the theater? Yes, it's time to take out our theater voices and discuss the book of the week. This week, Chip, I read a book called If We Were Villains. This was published in 2017 by M.L. Rio, and it is the story of an acting troupe, a very tight acting troupe in college, working on their degrees in Shakespeare studies. And the way the author writes this, it melds together some of the text from the original Shakespeare plays to put together a, a gripping tale of stage work, stage life, and uh, uh, quite a bit of murder and mayhem in the lives of these actors. If one was to read a book, Steve, this seems like a, a, a great story to, to be able to read. I'm not sure that I would say this is a great story, Chip. This is a good story. 
if you are well-versed in Shakespeare, if you know Shakespeare's work and you know the themes of tragedy and sharing space and secrets with the, the people around you, there's a lot to glean from the writing here. This story is told in flashback. We get at the beginning, the main character is getting out of jail after being in jail for a number of years. And he's telling his story about how he was accused of murder. We get through the flashbacks, this wonderful troop of people, these people who act like a family because of this performance art and the, how they work together, how there's some people in the troop that maybe they don't like very much, but they still love them like family. We get the it's story. All family, Steve. That's performance art, Chip. Performance art, when my students work together for months and months, so closely, so intimately, we we have those familial bonds. And they get so sad when a show ends because they, they aren't going to have that same connection with them at the end. Steve, I was thinking more along car uh, stunts. <laughs> I work car with stunts bring around family, Steve. It's all about family. <laughs> all about family and being fast and a little bit furious. <laughs> These characters are fast and furious. They run up against a villain of the story who is a member of their troop, who is uh, physically and emotionally abusive. And they, the troop take into their own hands, this situation and, and they, allow him to harm himself in a way that he dies but the way that they do it it looks like murder well that that seems like an interesting premise Dave. it's very shakespearean it is it is very much in that vein of how shakespeare could write such a story it's not about murder it is about something akin to murder it is about the people and how they work together to cover up this situation and to protect each other so that they uh, get to the goals that they're setting out the author strings together the drama and the emotion of the scenes with dialogue spoken by Shakespeare actors in character in Shakespeare's words. And it's, it's masterful. The author has a master's degree in Shakespeare studies from King's college in London and Shakespeare's globe. And she's currently working on her PhD in early modern literature. This is her first novel. Uh, I look forward to what ML Rio is going to be able to give us in further writings. Again, I'm not sure that I can suggest this one to everybody, but those of you who have ever been a part of performance art have been, ever been a part of that feeling that we are working together toward a goal. This gives us all of that emotion. And boy, I tell you what, Chip, the idea of performing Shakespeare in a wooded area that is presented in this book. Did you, you say in a wood? Yeah. Not on a stage, just in the middle of the woods. And what she presents here is all of the actors know that they're putting on a play, but they haven't 
practice the play together. They only know their part and they don't know who else is playing what part until that scene pops up and they run into the wooded area where the audience is sitting and they say their words and they wait for the reaction of the other players to give their words of the Shakespeare play. This is an amazing idea to me. I would love to be able to have a group of kids or adults who are so well-versed in the art of acting and Shakespeare that we could put together. This is kind of like a, like, like guerrilla performance art. So it's got a modern twist, Steve, with an ancient uh, uh, text. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, at the end of it is murder. And a little murder just thrown in. Uh, Is it murder or is it death? (laughs) Right. It's, it's kind of both. It's, it's, it is not murder, but we are told that it's murder from page one. So we are looking for murder and we don't find murder because that's not how the story goes. I enjoyed this very much. Again, I would be hard pressed to suggest it to everybody, but there's a certain demographic that would love if we were villains. It was published in 2017 by ML Rio. Scroll with it. Just to our scroll with it. What is going on in the world, Chip? Steve, what we need is shameware apps. Oh boy, shameware seems like a, a really bad idea. Can you explain the concept of shameware for us? Well, Steve, it looks like the churches have put together some spyware that you can put on your phone and your computer, and they can monitor everything that you, you click on. And have evidence, therefore, of what you have been looking at, and uh, then have a conversation with you about your your sinful behavior. Or make connections. You never know, Steve. It's a church. <laughs> That's very cynical. That's a very cynical way to look at it, Chip, but you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Bob and Mary have a similar um, uh, <laughs> feelings as uh, Joan and John. <laughs> So we should have them come in. We should probably introduce them to each other. (laughs) I'm not sure that's what this is looking for. But the idea (laughs) of surveillance, the idea of surveillance and these apps keeping track of things, that can be a very frightening idea for sure. We we don't know. We don't know. Certainly if uh, a group of people who, you know, their intentions are noble, maybe ish. Well, maybe, maybe, or maybe not. There's never been any scandals at all in any of the churches that would use such a thing like this. Happy birthday, Google. (laughs) Thursday Night Football is on Amazon Prime. That's a company that's not monitoring what we're doing all day, every day, and keeping track of stuff. How's Thursday Night Football going, Chip? Well, Steve, this is a big deal. Um, Amazon Prime, if if you're not familiar with it, has a streaming service that's available to you. I mean, basically, uh, Amazon has given away the fire sticks um, to, for, to people. And many people, that's their, their introduction to streaming. And for those who are not familiar with streaming, Amazon bought the rights to Thursday Night Football. They paid over a billion dollars for these rights, and it's paid off for them. And this is a big deal because what it basically says is that people, if they've got services, things that they would like to watch, the NFL has got to be the most bankable thing out there, um, that they are willing to learn technology, which is exactly 
what Amazon was hoping to do. So think about the, the bookends here. They bought the rights to make, I don't know, a homage to Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have this NFL. That's two different demographics. That's two high budget, high profile things that they have. If we think about how Fox started as a network, Fox started as a network as just Sunday evening, and then it became a weekend type thing. When Fox bought the rights to the NFL, it became a full network is basically what it happened. And Amazon has the opportunity to do the same. If this works as well as it it is working, they got 15.3 million viewers between um, how they were presenting it through through streaming and other platforms. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a big deal. And that means that you may be willing to go and watch other services through or other uh, leagues through a streaming services. And if you're a, um, a league that's not getting your dollar that you want, maybe it's time to consider streaming. This is the final year of the NFL's deal with DirecTV for their Sunday ticket. And next season, somebody's going to catch up and pick up all of those other NFL games and Amazon is showing that there is a way to do it as a streaming platform. And, and think about it. if you're Amazon, I'm sorry, if you're Apple mm-hmm. and you want to have people watch, you know, the Apple TV or Apple TV plus, which is their streaming service, then you can immediately become a player. Apple's been very willing to throw money around. Amazon was very willing to throw money around. Walmart has uh, bought into Paramount as far as their, their service. The idea that CBS, maybe Walmart becomes the catalyst to allow uh, CBS, Paramount, to be able to uh, stream their stuff, maybe exclusively through a streaming service. The, the shakedown of streaming services is still going on. I don't know how it's all going to come out, but yes, we are, we are in a, a glorious time where you can find whatever you're looking for on a streaming service. The question is, how many streaming services are you willing to pay for? How many 999s do you need to get what you're looking for? Well, we're, getting ready, we're, we're exiting COVID time, where streaming certainly blossomed. Uh, but when you really get to the moment, I, I think that, that people are going to start canceling these and rotating them. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many they're willing to take on. Amazon kind of works because it's what is about 140 bucks a year yearly and you get all the other services. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are you willing to spend 10 bucks a month? Are you willing to spend 15 bucks a month? You know, Netflix certainly is struggling right now. Uh, for sure. And, and you mentioned Walmart. Walmart is trying to beat that Amazon price with $100 a year for free shipping from Walmart plus all of the video deals that they're going to start to make, for sure. I don't know, Chip. I think we have enough information to survive another week. What do you think? Oh, you can come back next week, Steve. And who's this Chip person? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I don't know Costa Rica crystal ball. We, you and your birds down in Costa Rica, how you're going to be back in the United States next week, right? I'll be back on native soil, Steve. (laughs) There you go.
wonderful i hope you had a fun time down there and i and i hope you have wonderful travels hopefully we will be back together next week we would love to hear from you give us a call or text the phone number is 805-4104-TMS our website is too much scrolling.com our email is too much scrolling at gmail.com we're on twitter and instagram and facebook we're on spotify and apple podcasts and youtube and you can always ask your smart speaker to play the latest episode of too much scrolling i want to thank you again for listening to too much scrolling i'm steve foder i'm christopher hessenflow <laughs> adios Adios, Americanos. <laughs> <laughs>